VO2 Max. Every runner, cyclist, and triathlete, I'm sure, has seen it as a fun number. It goes up and down on their Garmin or smartwatch, depending on fitness. But like you, I had a lot of misconceptions about what to do with that number and exactly how to train with it. Listen and learn as I stumble through what I thought it was and have Mike Trees ever so gently tell me how wrong I am. And I promise all this will make you a smarter and possibly even faster runner on this episode of Trees and D-Lake. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none, just be a master of some. What is up? Welcome to Trees and D-Lake, an audio and video content series by Mike Trees and me, Darren D-Lake Runs. Here's Mike Trees, a 50-year-plus pro runner and triathlete on how exactly we want to help you. And the aim of this podcast is to give, in a light-hearted, amusing, and entertaining way, hints and tips to help you all run better and enjoy your sporting life more. So let's see how we can go with that. What about me? Well, I've been running and doing this endurance sport thing for like 20, actually 26 years now. I've run a sub three hour marathon and I've done an Ironman triathlon in 10 hours. Language warning, on a few rare occasions, we sometimes use some bad words to get our point across. Apologies for that. And last point, we do all of that in a super short, sharp and concise way because... Ain't nobody got time for that. Okay, this was a wild one that I almost didn't put out, but after editing it and realizing there was a lot of great information in there, I let it slide and I said, here, I'm gonna give it to everyone. The reason why I wasn't feeling it was because I came in with the expectation that I wanted to talk about VO2 max workouts. But then I realized halfway through us recording that I should have clearly explained what VO2 is and what VO2 max is before even talking about VO2 max workouts because Those three things are actually different things and they're all interchangeable. Do you need to know advanced exercise science to get any of this? No, you do not. But this is a great intro to a bit of the science behind why certain workouts do certain things, give you physiological adaptations and help you mainly race faster, feel better, get more fit and healthy. In the future, I'd like to break down each part, which is the VO2 alone versus the VO2 max and VO2 max workouts and have them as their own separate pieces of long form content. But this is just like a entry level one-on-one get to know everything about VO2 max. Oh, and a random fun fact about VO2 max. Did you know that a high VO2 max score actually correlates with health and longevity as you age? Yes, even more reason to keep doing these intervals and base aerobic runs. What you will learn in this, the difference between VO2 max workouts, VO2 max, and VO2, what to do with all this, why the aerobic engine is so damn important, a great car analogy of aerobic versus anaerobic energy systems, and so much more. Let's get into it. Warm up complete. So VO2 max, which the two is a number, uh, maximum volume of oxygen. It's basically, from what I can understand, it's your body using your aerobic engine, the oxygen, to the point where it then tips over and is about to then start using glycogen for the majority of the energy, which is the anaerobic system. So the thing that tripped me up early on and what confused me was like, but I'm running fast. I thought aerobic was running slow. 
But this is where VO2 max comes in. And this is where the type of VO2 max workout you do, the how long you're doing it and how fast you do it, and also the rest comes into play. And that's what makes it then a VO2 max workout. So the, the mic is probably already, ah, you need to make this more simple. But let, let, me, let me finish, <laughs> let me finish, let me finish. <laughs> how I liken it, and here's a good analogy, is think of lighting a, a string that has different colors. So you light the string and, you know, it burns. The string burns. And it's a video, so shh. And it's got different colors. And your oxygen, let's say your oxygen's blue. So all your systems, if you were to have oxygen, the string would be 70% blue. And then it would be 20% or so. It would be yellow. And then it would be a little bit red. And those are your different energy systems. So VO2 max, it's actually burning the, 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 the blue part, the oxygen part, right into the point where then it's like, boom, and it then tips over. And you're, you're, again, you're using your oxygen for energy, but as any, any endurance event you're doing, it's obviously a combination of carbohydrates, glycogen, and oxygen that you're using at the same time. And the, the, the VO2 max system is this one part that you can work for a certain amount of time. And I'll get into, I'll get into how long you can work in and all that later. But Mike, Mike, he, he, he has to. He's like, this is a hot mess. Okay, go. No, this is great. No, what you've done quite nicely is basically said that you've shown what I would think most people out there is it's a term that everyone uses and writes about, but nobody really knows what it is or how it affects them. Uh, and and this is the, the whole point that we, we all think we know a little bit about it. So I think the, the simple thing is, is to really get it back to basics. So VO2 max is the maximum amount of oxygen that the body can deliver to the muscles. Uh, and when we, we talk about it in science, we usually say it's the maximum amount of oxygen the body can deliver to your muscles in a minute. And it's usually expressed in liters. So it's the maximum amount of oxygen in liters your body uh, can get to the muscles in a minute. And then, so we can compare it with other people, we tend to express it as a number in relation to our body weight. So when we see a number of, and say, oh, your Garmin is a great example, and I'll get onto that later. <laughs> Garmin says, your VO2 max is 50. What it means is that you have 50 liters of oxygen per kilogram of body weight delivered to your muscles every minute. That's the maximum amount that you can create. So that if you are lighter, you actually need less, uh, less than, than higher. So what we have is, is large numbers. People, big, big athletes, the you know, Miguel Indrin, uh, was a, cy a cyclist in the nineties, a huge guy. And, and he had you know, thousands and thousands of liters. His, his VO2 as a liter percentage was great. Also his VO2 max was great. Now you've got your top cross country skiers, for example, as a number will be in the nineties. So when we're talking about it, it's, uh, ma the maximum amount, uh, an, an average person is around about 35. So a top cross country skier, three times, they can get three times more oxygen to their muscles per minute than an average athlete. We're not talking an average person. We're talking an average athlete. So that's all we're talking. Let's make it even simpler again. So we've said that it's the maximum amount of oxygen that the body can deliver to the muscles per minute. Uh, well, why is this important? It's because the, the oxygen is used to burn the carbohydrates, the fuel. So we need the two together to get us the energy to get us down the road. So if we're taking the analogy of a car engine, the car needs the fuel to power the wheels. 
So the fuel is the carbohydrates and the fats. Uh, in essence, if we're running a marathon, uh, and I know we, we've discussed this and it's a big contentious topic, it's probably more carbohydrates than fats that we need. So the, it's, if it's our body, uh, it, it's carbohydrates. If it's the car, it's petrol or gasoline, depending where you come from, or diesel. But, uh, so the car engine needs to fuel, get the power to the wheels. Okay. And so the bigger the engine, the more power it can get the wheels. So if our VO2 max is bigger, we've just basically taken the car engine from a, a 1.6 liter to a three liter engine. So that's what we're trying to do with the VO2. We're trying to improve it so we can get more oxygen to the muscles, just like we're building a bigger car with a bigger engine. The trouble is the bigger the car, the bigger the engine, the heavier the car is. So the heavier the car is, it takes more power to get that car to work. That's why it's always expressed as a percentage of, of body weight. Because if it's not in relation to body weight, it, it's meaningless. Because we're running a marathon, we have to carry our bodies the whole way down uh, the, the route. So it's always expressed as a percentage of body weight. So if we make the engine bigger, the VO2 max bigger, but we're, we're big and heavy, then it's not going to be as good as being someone light. This is why we have this problem with runners always trying to be lighter, because they've realized that their VO2 max will go up because it's a percentage of body weight. So the, the lungs are still the same. The ability to get oxygen, the muscles is the same, but the lighter body uh, allows them to, uh, to go faster. And so that's simply put. So the oxygen helps us burn the fuel. Then the blood delivers it to the muscles. The heart is the engine pumping to the muscles. So the bigger and stronger the heart, the more oxygen and more carbohydrates we deliver to the muscles. That's probably the simplest way of putting it. An aerobic exercise, this is the next step, aerobic exercise increases the size of the heart so that it can supply more blood, more fuel, and more oxygen to the muscles. Uh, and then this gets another technical term. This is called the stroke volume. So if we can supply more blood and more oxygen to the muscles with a lower, easier heart rate, we can go faster. As we keep building the heart rate up, we can go faster and faster. So already you can see I'm getting more and more complex, so I'm trying to keep it simple. So uh, back to you to uh, then ask some, some more questions to keep this going again before I delve in a bit deeper. All right. No, no, no. That, that You explained it way better than me and a whole lot of points that I did not bring up as usual. Um, so this is why we make a, a good team. I, I would say, so let, let me just jump right into an example of, I guess, you know what? I realize that this is actually about VO2 max workouts. And to do a VO2 max workout, you need to understand VO2 max, but I'm more interested in VO2 max workouts. So that's why an increasing VO2 max, your VO2 max, which can be used in all forms of fitness. So you kind of breaking it down to the basics was necessary, whereas I was getting ahead of myself, but I realized I got ahead of myself because I was talking about something that needed more of a base. I was talking about something that had like, uh, you know, you were seeing the outside of it, but you actually needed the, to get the structure. So an example of a VO2 max workout, there's a lot of them that can increase or maintain or increase your VO2 max. For me, is uh, anywhere from three to five, five and a half minutes interval at your current 5k pace and or slightly faster um there's been a lot of studies that i've read and i've actually done it myself where you can actually be on the lower end so it's a range and you can still get benefits which is beautiful whereas a lot of people are like oh if i go faster oh this is this is something i know you love talking about if i go faster i will get more benefits and with vo2 max 
it's actually not necessary to go faster to still build up the VO2 max system. Um, because it's Z4, um, as far as heart rate goes, you do need to be, you need to get your heart rate up to this certain amount. And Z4 will be dependent for a lot of different people um, for a certain amount of time. And again, for me, a, just a traditional VO2 max workout is a interval three to five, five and a half minutes at around my 5K pace ish current if i know that one if i've done some time trials uh with a three minute rest and two and a half to three minute rest the reason being you want to get your heart rate lower so that you don't build up lactate lactate because this is not a tempo run this is not a lactate test or a lactate type of run that that you need to you know start start uh, how do you put it? Um, being able to tolerate lactate. That's what you say. You say, this isn't that type of workout. It's actually for me, I like to do it early in my training blocks to get ready for race specific work. It seems to, to work really well for me as a, I wouldn't say a base. It's like I do base and then I do VO2 max and then I'll do race specific work. And I really like four to six weeks seems to be about the time when most studies have said that you don't get any more benefits. You are, this is genetic. Your VO2 max is genetic. You can work on it, but you can't increase it that much more. And there's other ways of increasing other things like your lactate threshold and your running economy that actually give you bigger bangs for your buck. So again, the VO2 max workout, you can maintain it, sit for four to six weeks, um, and I'll let you go in. So what did you want to? I want to simplify that again. Add break. Right now is the part where I go, hey, if you're feeling this, make sure you like, subscribe, rate this, share it out with your friends about how amazing this is, right? All right, while you should go out and do that anyway, how about I actually give you something that will help you? Is the running, health, fitness, and endurance sport internet too much sometimes? Too much conflicting content on how to train right? Or you just don't have the time to read and watch the latest trends on how to, I don't know, carb cycle for your next marathon. Don't worry, I'll take care of all that for you by showing you how to train, race, and live 1% better consistently. To do this, just sign up for my free D-Lake Runs newsletter. I figure out this whole 1% better thing so you don't have to by scouring the endurance sports internet's deepest and darkest corners. Go to dlakecreates forward slash news, spell the normal way, N-E-W-S, to be inspired and motivated on the regular. And back to the show. I want to simplify that again. So what what you've done is you've talked about specific workouts with the VO2 max. So let, let's get back. When we do a VO2 max workout, what we're saying is we're trying to work at a pace which is carrying the, our maximum amount of oxygen to the muscles per minute that we can cope with. Beyond that, we can't cope with it. So we have to then use the anaerobic system to add supplementary benefit. So we're trying to run at our maximum aerobic pace. So that's the idea of a VO2 max workout. Sorry, keep, keep that. That is different than a Moffatone run, though. Ah, yeah, no, that, that's, yeah, now, now, hang on. And that's a maximum aerobic, yeah. So this is where I got confused. <laughs> maximum fat-burning aerobic. So what, okay. what we're, we're doing with Moffatone, he's trying to work at the maximum limit of his fat burning and develop his fat burning, which is uh, at a slower pace. So that's an aerobic zone. This is our maximum. We are, we are adding in, and now this is quite complicated. <laughs> at our VO2 max pace, it's the maximum amount of uh, fuel and oxygen we can supply the muscles. 
we are creating lactic acid, but we're absorbing it at a pay as well. So we're not going into any debt. With the Maffetone idea of maximum aerobic, he's not, he's trying to go to pace where we're not even building up lactate at all. So it's a much slower pace. It's just, it, he's working at what we call the fat burning carbohydrate glycogen burning threshold. So we're trying to burn as much fat for fuel as we can on Maffetone threshold. With the VO2 max, it's pure carbs we're burning. There's, there's no, there's no fat burning here. I mean, we're <laughs> going so fast. The fat as a source of energy is, is minimal. I mean, it will be going on, but as a source of contribution is minimal. But this is where it gets confusing. You just said we're burning pure carbs. And this is where, when I, f- I found out about VO2 max years ago, and you're mm. like, but we're still using the oxygen. And I'm like, huh? So, yeah. how, like, so, explain that. We, we, well, the oxygen is supplying the, the, the glycogen to the muscles. Uh, it, it's a combination of supplying it to the glycogen. Gotcha. We want okay. the, the muscles to use that with oxygen present. If oxygen is present, it's an oxidative process and can go on for a long time, so long as there's enough fuel there. So, uh, Maffetone is talking about fat, supplying fat to the muscles, which through a, a different process uh, is, is oxidized and, and provides fuel, but we have to work at a much lower speed to use fat as a fuel. But we can go on a heck of a lot longer using fat for fuel than carbs. So if we were to run out of uh, fat, we all have, even though we think we have no fat in our bodies, we have big supplies and can go for many days. It's just, it's more painful and it's a slower place. So yeah, we, we're now, you've now complicated my attempt to make it simple. <laughs> but So we, we need to, 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 to work at a pace where we, we, we're at the maximum level of supplying oxygen to the muscles to power the system, which you correctly said is about our 5K pace. So I, I like to do the 5K park run once a week because it's a classic VO2 max session. You can break that into all the other elements that you did of five minutes uh, with a little rest, which are intervals, which I do as well. But a park run for me is just fun. I just turn up. I warm up, chat to my mates, I run the 5k, the maximum pace I can, uh, and I've got a great VO2 max session. Now, that's one, but we've also found that you can develop your VO2 max through aerobic exercise by going longer and slower. So even though I'm running uh, at what we call the math pace, the maximum aerobic you know, uh, capacity, uh, or IMAT or whatever we want to call it. We're trying to, we work at a slower pace. Zone two, people will call it the top end of zone two. It's an aerobic pace that still develops either the mitochondria, uh, development, uh, and the capillary development. It, it still will increase, uh, the heart size, the stroke volume, the amount of blood we can get to the muscles. All this helps us get more blood, more oxygen, more fuel to the muscles quicker. So we can develop it through the high-end work and the low-end work. Uh, and I suggest that a combination of both is the best. What I, I, I think you know, we need is you know, it, it both, uh, because both have different places. But you don't need to do that high-end work uh, if you don't want to. Uh, if you're just after health benefits, the low-end will do. But to get the maximum racing potential, you need to do the high-end work because you've got to get used to running at race pace. If you're going to race at race pace, you can't always just train at a long, slow pace and expect magically to run really fast on race day so we need to do as you said you know both uh thresholds and, and you coming from the sprinting background uh you you like you like the feeling of working hard and, and a lot of runners do and those vo2 max sessions 
they're rewarding. You don't enjoy doing them, but you have the gratification of looking at the times you've achieved uh, and the fatigue at the end. And I find that for a certain kind of people like you and me, I find them more rewarding than just going for a two hour easy run. Uh, although these days I'm getting older, I am getting more into that. It's nice just looking at the environment, you know, and enjoying the scenery as I'm running along. But, uh, yeah. I, I love the, the, I love my Z1, Z2 runs. Um, you know, I've, I've learned to love them too, but it's just more, I just sprinkle in these VO2 max workouts. And I also found out that 400s, uh, 10 by 12 by 16 by 400s, Usually for me, I'll do 400s on what I do 80 seconds, 70, 80 seconds with about 40 seconds rest, 40, 40, 50 seconds rest, depending on whatever it is. Um, and that, that's my favorite two minutes, yeah, uh, 80 seconds with 40 rest, and just do the two minute circle, keep going exactly, around. That's yeah, a lovely session. I, I absolutely love that session, fell in love with it. I was doing 400, 800s back in um college, university, mm -hmm. and I realized I like that workout. I like the rhythm of it and how you keep building, and in the middle, you just get into this great groove. Um, and, and this, you know, uh, uh, flow, I, I get into a flow state on that, that workout particularly, but I, I found out that that was a VO two max workout too. Um, and I mm. was like, Oh, I did not. I thought that was an interval workout, but it, you know, if I was doing it's, 65, it's, it's an interval workout, but it's developing a VO two max as exactly, well. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas if I was just doing 40 second sprints all out and then having five minutes off, that's probably not going to develop my VO two max system as much as that 400s. And if I was doing 10 minutes, which would be more of a tempo run, if I was doing 10 minutes, you know, at my marathon, half marathon pacing, 10K pacing, that probably wouldn't develop my VO2 max as well as a VO2 max specific workout. So to do to do certain races, you need to do a little mm. bit more of certain things at different times. Um, I won't kind of go into that because this will make the podcast last for two hours. And I know Mike probably wants to jump in. Um, I guess, <laughs> I, I, yes. I guess let, let, me, let me say one thing about how to do it wrong. So if you're doing a VO, so specific to a VO2 max workout, if I am, let's say I'm 10 weeks out from my main race, 12 weeks off my main race. And I know that my 5k pace is three current 5k pace is 335. So my range is anywhere from 325 to 340, 345 minutes per kilometer. That is my VO2 max range. I do not want to go any faster or any slower than that range. Because then I'm not actually getting the most out of that workout for for what I've prescribed, what my coach has prescribed, the training plan, et cetera, for that day. Will I get regularly just physically fit? Yes. But I personally don't like having too much lactate in my system. Um, I don't do well with that. So going any faster actually would mess me up. And going any slower, I'm basically in the gray zone at that point, which we've done yeah. a really fun episode uh, on. <laughs> um, and if I'm not specific, my coach didn't tell me to get in the gray zone, I should not be in the gray zone. So I have to pick it up yeah. to get a bit faster. And a lot of people I've seen them do long. Another thing that they've done wrong is they do longer rest. And what I say wrong, it's it just depends. So I can actually do a VO2 max workout, five minute intervals and do one minute rest, but I'll do that two, three weeks out from a race with one minute rest because I'm trying to hold lactate and tolerate more lactate in my system. Whereas 10 weeks out from the race, I'm trying to clear the lactate out that I've, that I've, um, that I've developed. And if I only have one minute, one and a half minute rest, I'm actually not going to get the benefits of that VO2 max workout. And I actually be working 
too hard. Maybe I will get the benefits from it, but I'll probably prematurely be working too hard too early and I might burn myself out come four or six weeks when I really need to start cranking things up. So that's another thing that uh, you have to have the discipline to go, look, two and a half, three minutes rest, even though I feel fine in a, a minute and a half. Okay, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. It's like, ah, this, this isn't, you're not supposed to do a nine out of 10 on this workout. I like to feel like a seven to an eight out of 10 on these workouts. And it's, it's one of those where you, you, you have to, you have to do it enough to understand what an eight out of 10 feels like. Cause an eight out of 10 is like, I'm going, I'm going hard enough, but you know what? I'm not going too hard. Great quote from Jakob Ingersen. I can't say the last name. Uh, he said he never, ever goes harder than 87% in any workouts. He saves it for racing. And I absolutely love that it's 87%. It's just a weird number. Um, but you know, even on his, you know, hard days, 87%. So discipline, discipline. And that's what I love about VO2 Max. It's discipline. So Mike, you go and tell me what I said wrong. <laughs> With the VO2 Max that we're talking about is when you're doing these sessions, we'll, we'll break them two things. A VO2 Max session, in my way of interpretation, is, is a threshold session yep. where you're trying to stay using oxygen as the primary source of fuel. When you shorten the rest too much, you need to supplement that and lactic, the lactic system comes in, uh, and we build up uh, the uh, lactic acid. Now, what we're trying to do with that session is that's a, what I call a lactic tolerance session. So you're trying to go further with large amounts of lactic in the system before breaking down. So that's a different kind of thing. Uh, so what you're doing, you want to make the engine bigger, which the VO2 is doing, but a lactic tolerance session is equally as valid because if I can actually use uh, keep running at a fast pace with a lot of lactate in the body and use the glycolic system as well, as we discussed in the previous podcast, if we can use this anaerobic system as well to add more fuel and can cope with large amounts of lactate in the body, then I can keep going faster longer. Whereas a, an aerobic threshold session, a, a VO2 max, is actually trying to make the engine bigger. Going at that very high speed is trying to make you more efficient and, and cope with that large amount in the body. So when you change it nearer the race, that's good because it's super, it's super quick to affect that over a short period of time. The, but the VO2 max sessions, they take a long time. We were talking about six months to really affect VO2 max. It's a long time to get much of a change in it. With VO2 max, we'll come up, it, it's talking about delivering, I'll, I'll recap, oxygen to the muscles uh, with each stroke. We want one pump of the heart to develop as much oxygen to the muscles as possible and get as much fuel to the muscles as possible. And that's called the stroke volume. So for people who don't really understand, another way of measuring your if your VO2 is going up or not is actually if for the same run your heart rate is coming down, that's a measure of your increased fitness because it means that your stroke volume is going up, you're pumping more blood with each pump of the heart, which means your VO2 must be going up as well. So that's another thing just for people to simply take away from here and think, well, if I can keep doing a test run once a week uh, and running around that, I'm doing it with a lower heart rate, I, I'm getting fitter. So uh, that that's another good, good thing to do. Uh, and the reason I say this is also your resting heart rate. If your resting heart rate gets lower, it means your stroke volume, your, your mitochondria have increased, uh, probably your capillary development's good, and you're able to get more oxygen to the muscles with less pumping of the heart. So a lower of the resting heart rate is good, uh, and a lowering of the heart rate as you're running is good. 
Uh, and the reason I say this is because most people, and this is you'll, I'll let you jump in on this. Most people come to me and say, oh, my Garmin says my VO2 max is such and such. Well, I, I'm sorry, but in, in essence, I think that, uh, uh, I'm not using swear words here, but I, I think it's bull. The, the Garmin estimation of VO2 max is a nice little figure to look at, uh, and chat with your friends over a coffee or a tea or a beer, whatever you want and say, yeah. But currently, I'm doing lots of Ironman training and I know my VO2 max. I know I'm getting fitter, but my Garmin, because I'm not doing intervals and Garmin likes intervals as a test for your VO2. It, it's shocking. It was before I broke my leg. It said my VO2 max was 69 when I thought it was around about 60. And now it's saying it's 45 uh, when I think it's probably somewhere between 60 and 65. So Garmin as a measure of VO2 max is not very accurate. I think feeling is much better and, and monitoring your resting heart rate uh and your heart rate at a set pace is a much better way of monitoring whether your your vo2 max is improving or not and a point on uh on that is the v dot score which is um, and i didn't talk about mm. this i'll probably put it in the intro which was developed by jack daniels um mm -hmm. in the 70s and the v dot score is based on a lot of different things but it's probably it, it is it is more accurate than the Garmin um, because it's based on actual a race that you did or a time trial that you did. Yeah, yeah. And then it then calculates certain things and it basically gives you what your VDOT score is now, and it also tells you you know it's a race predictor in a way. Whereas Garmin does do it, but it still is it's getting better. It is getting better. Five years ago, the race predictor on Garmin wasn't great, um, and now it's 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 much more realistic to what you're doing. Um, but it's also a, once you get super fit, this is the potential that you can, you know, potentially the fastest you can run. And I've ran the VO2, V dot calculator. I've done a proper VO2 max test on a treadmill, as I'm sure you have. I've only done it once. Uh, probably will never do it again because I'm getting older. And I just realized like, I, I don't need to know it to, yeah, to train that's anymore. The key. I think, I yeah. think a lactate threshold test is actually uh, more important. I'm actually going to do better. one of those. Um, especially yeah. when I start doing 10 Ks and half marathons of just, uh, seeing where, you know, my training can be more effective with that. But, but it's, it's, it's interesting about the V dot score because, I started like you basically need to have a certain VDOT score to run a certain time. Like if Garmin's saying your VDOT score is 40 and you're like, oh, I think I can run a 15 minute 5K, that's literally like, and, and sorry, if you run your, your times through the VDOT calculator and it's saying 40, you, you, most people, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, most men, because women's scores are lower, uh, most men at a 40 VDOT score or VO2 max uh, number cannot run a 15 minute 5K. You have to have quite a high VDOT, unless your uh, econ economy, running economy is through the roof, um, even then. So I, I, like, I like to, I think it's really interesting that there's a correlation between times and v, VO2 max numbers slash VDOT scores. Um, and that most people, the majority of people fall in, in that, that number, that is not Garmin. And I just really want to say like the whole Garmin thing, like I basically, it kept saying I should be running a 14 minute 5k and I just laughed at it. I was like, no, yeah. like that, it, like I am not anywhere close to running, you know, like 60 minutes, barely half as high 60 minutes. So, um, <laughs> take, take v, v, VO2 max scores on your Garmin or your Coros or whatever, even, um, Apple watch has one. I have an Apple watch now. Um, and it is way off uh, because it's not getting fed all the input data. So that's all my, my take on VO2 max. Um, you want to finish? Well, yeah. Yeah. One closing statement. Yeah. I, I think that the takeaway is it, it's great for sports scientists to study, to look at human specimens. What's the biggest, you know, uh, 
you know, VO2 max ever recorded, what, what have sports people achieved and to try and correlate with that with performance. But again, there are so many other factors that if you're given a low VO2 max and, and genetics comes a big play into it, you know, uh, I, I remember when I was at university, I had a, a test of 70. I was told, yeah, 20 years old, that's as big as it'll get. So you're, you, you're a good international, a good intercollege level runner. Uh, years later in New Zealand, when I was a professional triathlete, uh, and well trained, my VO2 max was recorded as 84, which they said was off the scale. And I think, well, how come it's now 84 when I was told it 70 was the max? Uh, and then you read about Derek Clayton, who was the first man to run a sub 210 marathon, Warriston world record holder. His VO2 max was 69, which was lower than my 70 uh, and technically only good enough to be an intercollegiate runner. So it's just one, he's obviously a very efficient runner and used very little uh, oxygen to run. Uh, uh, and so you can work on the efficiency, not just, so to go quicker, to sum it up, it, it's a, it's an interesting statistic and, and improving your, your VO2, improving your oxygen carrying capacity and your stroke volume is good for health uh, and, and possibly for longevity. Uh, but there are other ways to go quicker, you know, to become, you know, more, you know, more efficient in the way you run. So it's not the total predictor on everything. So uh, it, it's an interesting thing, but don't get too hung up on it is, is my final take. Let's go. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Aaron So, AKA D Lake. Tips and tactics, you could train like a pro. This cast to help you run faster than you could go. All the PRs you could beat, of course, records that comes in your upcoming season. Right? Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life. That's that metaphor, baby. Eating clean so you can rest and sleep all night. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master Your none. Just be. just be a master of some. This episode is brought to you by Energy Coaching, which is Mike Tree's coaching service. Mike coaches beginners to pros and all levels in between. No one is too fast and no one is too slow. All the coaches have a desire to learn and improve with their athletes. Energy Coaching focuses on the 1500 meters to marathon running and triathlon training. Energy Coaching is usually overbooked, so Instagram and this podcast venture, Trees and D Lake, gives Mike and the rest of his energy coaching team a way to reach out to more people and help them. Contact Mike and his team at nrg-coaching.com for more info. That's the letters nrg-coaching.com, no spaces, for more information. Time. Time is a resource that no one can make more of, not yet at least. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen, watch, and generally consume all of this stuff. Accessibility is pretty cool nowadays, so we have a transcript for all of the episodes. Make sure to go to the show notes section on this episode on whatever podcast player you're listening to, or you can go to the description of this video on YouTube, or just go to dlakecreates.com forward slash transcripts. All of this was produced in Sydney, Australia, so I acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. A lot of people ask how they could support us, and I think the easiest way is to just share this out to people you know that would like this. So whether it's a podcast link from Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening on, or you're watching on YouTube, send them the link, or even you know the Instagram post, my newsletter, blog post, etc. We try to make it super accessible. The second easiest way is to rate, like, 
or subscribe to this podcast and or video on YouTube or even subscribe to my newsletter. If you have any feedback, feel free to hit me up. Talk at dlakecreates.com. That's the letters T-A-L-K at dlakecreates.com spelled all the normal way. Train smart, race and live easy. Peace.